Hello and welcome to Speaking Truth to Power. My name is Irvin Hill and I'm your host. And today's episode is about the desire to live holy. In order for us to be able to live holy, we have to do one of the first things we need to do. We need to recognize the Creator, honor the Creator, recognize Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who died on the cross for the remission of our sins, and the Holy Spirit that Christ prayed back, prayed to the Father, as he told the disciples he would do. Now, when you start talking about living holy, the desire has to be there. But before we go any further, I just want to recognize this and honor God. And we hear a lot of times where people say uh, there is more than one God. There's a three Godheads and, and, and uh, three personalities in this. Neck. First of all, let's understand something. God is a spirit, not a person. The Holy Spirit is a spirit, not a person. The only person that was in that was Jesus Christ. And Christ walked with the Holy Spirit in him, which was God's spirit. So ask yourself this, where did they get the three people from, the three personalities, three Godheads? Ask them to show you in the word of God, in the Holy Scriptures, where it's at. And when you ask them that, I want you to turn around and ask whoever says this. If there's three Godheads, who's going to come back? Or let's just say this. Who do you pray to? Who's going to come back for you? And what the third one going to be doing? Ask them to show you that in the scriptures. We're quick to pick up what people say without investigating and searching the scriptures. If God says search the scriptures, that's what gets us in trouble. We assume just because someone is sitting or standing behind the pulpit or have a suit on and charismatic, a great smile and can speak well, is telling you the truth. Be sure to search the scriptures yourself and study. Now, let's take a look what God says about this. He says in Deuteronomy 32 and 39. See now that I even I am he and there is no God beside me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. Now, here he's saying there's no other God. Now, where did they get this from? Where did people get this hand-me-down stuff from? That's not in the scriptures by three Godheads, three personalities. I'm trying to say God is a schizophrenic? Really? Listeners, be sure to study for yourself. Ask your pastor to show you where it's at, or anyone that brings it to your attention saying there's three Godheads, three personal. Ask him to show you. Put your Bible in their hand and say, open it up and show me. They won't be able to show you this.
Now, since that's been established, let's talk about the desire to live holy. Let's look at it like this. On your job, if they told you there were 10 things that you had to do to get this good raise, almost willing to bet you, you're going to take those 10 things and you're probably going to tape it to the side of your desk and you're going to start knocking them down one by one to get that raise. But it's going to take desire to do that. And each and every one of them may not be that easy, but you're going to have to strive and have the desire to be that way. If you can do those things to get that raise, why is it so hard for you to take the time and look at the things that God says for you to do to be holy? You have to have a desire. He says, be holy as I am. There's no way in the scripture, listeners, what God says, you are a Baptist, you are a Methodist, you are a Buddhist, you are Pentecostal, you are Apostolic, you are Methodist, Pentecostal, all these things. Whatever religion is out there that's not in the Bible, not in the Holy Scriptures, no one can show you anything, any book that they have that it says God says that. He says, be holy as I am. That's all he called us to be. So we should be saying, I, I am holy. But we're taught, we're taught with a, a title put on us. And we go by it. What church you belong to? Oh, I'm a Methodist. I belong to so-and-so. I'm a Baptist. I'm a Pentecostal. None of those things are in the word of God. We're taught that. And that is the problem. Now being holy, most people say it's very hard. Look at it like this. We make it very, very hard. And I'm going to talk about some things that gets us in trouble, that cause us to not live holy. And as I go through these things, listeners, take inventory of yourself and see how many of those things are in your life and how many of them not in your life. And those that are in your life, ask God to remove them because all he said was ask and it should be given. So we're going to get to that point there. We're going to bring, I'm going to bring those things up just to see exactly uh all those things in your lives. Because some of those things are in my life. So this is why I'm, I'm bringing this about the desire to live holy. And I want you to understand something. That if you're in church and not in church. And if you are going to church. The church that you go to. If you're comfortable in your church. And you're willfully sinning. All the things I'm going to bring up. If you're willfully doing those things. And your pastor, bishop, or whoever it may be, is not bringing those things up and speaking against those things and let you know exactly how unpleased God is about those things and how those things affect your life and your kids, then you're in the wrong church. There's no way you should be able to sit in your, in your church and be comfortable in your sin. But 
understand this and this is the reason why you don't hear in a lot of churches about holiness and teaching holiness is because they want you to be comfortable in your sin if you're comfortable in your sin you more freely to give your money because you're not being offended if you're not being offended you're comfortable you have no problem giving your tithes and your offers but as soon as that you run across someone or a pastor that's preaching against sin and giving you a reason why he preach against it you get offended and that's fine you should be offended because you know he's right and that's the problem so you think about the early church how they did things the church was about the community holiness was in the community and they wasn't selfish about giving because they knew all things belonged to God, not to them. And look at it today. Now I want you to uh, ask your 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 grandmothers, your grandfather, uh, if your people are still living on your mom and on your dad's side. When they were coming up, how was the church was? There's no way that someone could come in from being partying all night long and walk through the church late and say they they were in the choir there's no way they was going to get up in that choir they're going to sit down there's no way that a pastor could be in the pulpit and commit adultery being married and sleeping with women in the church and get away with it he will be set down now be sure to ask that question to your grandmother, grandfathers on both sides if they're still living. Or ask anyone in your neighborhood that are up in the age, that are in the 80s and the 90s if they're still living or connected to someone that's still living and ask them how what the church was when they were coming up versus the church now. It's a huge difference. Ask yourself this. In your church, how's the youth in your church? Is it a small gathering or is it a large gathering? What has happened to the youth in the church? What has happened at home? This is why holiness is very important. Understand this, if you're being taught holiness, holiness does not hold you captive. Holiness free you from the things of this world that shackle your mind so you can't see reality or what God really trying to show us. That's why it's not being taught because if it's being taught, you have a different outlook on life and on this world. You would not be trying to be like everybody else or trying to be like your neighbor if they're because they have this or have that. You wouldn't worry about that you'll be more concerned about pleasing God than to be pleasing man because you will understand where your wealth come from, come from God. See, Jesus said in Matthews, first seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things be added unto you. So he's telling you right there, but we've been taught to desire money in the church to go after money. 
Holiness is not being taught. And that's a small fraction of churches that are actually doing it. Very small. And just take a look at how many churches in America. But the early church knew the difference. They knew where the blessings come from and they knew that nothing they had belonged to them. And if you take a look at today, people are always saying minds. Ask yourself this, can I take anything with me? When I die, can I take my money with me? Can I take my shoes with me? I came into this world naked, I'm gonna leave naked. But I would rather die with a desire to live holy than a desire to live sinfully. Now, let's get into what, uh, one of the things that, there are six or seven things that God hates. And I want you to take inventory of yourself and see that you fall up on this category. And if you do, and if you don't, there's some or there's none, then blessing to you. But it doesn't mean that you're safe and out of the woods with God because none of those things you, you fall in those categories doesn't fall in your life. But let's talk about it for a second. And those are six or seven things that God hates. And, and that's in Proverbs uh, six and six. Chapter 6, 6 through, uh, chapter 6, 16 through 23. And this is what he says. He says, uh, these are the six things do the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. The first one is a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. And heart that devise wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speak lies, and he that show discard among brothers. My son, keep thy father's commandments, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Now, if any of those things that you are doing those things or some of those things, then all you have to do is repent and ask God to remove those things from you and make a change because it begins with the mind. Everything that we do begins with the mind. That's all we have to do. And if there's someone in your family or someone you work with, your next door neighbor. Pay attention. How many of these things I just mentioned? And that's that's Proverbs chapter 6, 16 through 23. How many of those things fall in your life? If it's all of them or some of them. And whatever it is, ask God to remove it. And don't look back. Once you ask, don't look back. And if those thoughts try to come back, first submit yourself to God. And those thoughts with the enemy trying to bring on, the enemy has to flee. 
and there's more. Now, I'm going to go to Matthews, and I want you to take inventory of yourself of what Jesus said in Matthews. Now, in Matthews 15 and 9, 15, 15 chapter, 15, 15 chapter 19. Now, Jesus said, it's going to go from, uh, uh, 17 through 21 of Matthews. He says, do not yet you understand whatsoever enter in the mouth, go out into the belly and is cast out into the draught. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adultery, fornication, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defile not a man. So, we have a tendency to someone doesn't wash their hands, they're nasty, they, they defile. But Jesus says that's not what it is. It's those things I just mentioned that come out of the mouth. See, those are the things that stop us from being holy, living holy. Now, if any of those, those verses... Or those things I just mentioned, following your life, or all of them, or some of them. But the ones that do, ask God to remove them in Jesus Christ's name. Look at it like this. We have a tendency, when it rains, our car get all messed all up with mud and dirt and everything. And as soon as the sun shines, we right at the car wash, trying to clean it up. If there's a concert in town, we're ready to actually go and get our hair done, get our hair cut, go buy a whole brand new outfit just to go to that concert. But understand this, we'll clean ourselves up very well, but we'll leave the mind and the heart dirty with all these vain imaginations these thoughts that we have toward one another, but turn around and smile in one another's face, knowing that that smile is not right. But that's a tendency that we have as human beings. As I said, we will go clean our cars, buy new clothes that look good, but leave our hearts and our minds dirty. For the heart is desperately wicked who can know it? And how many people you know, even in your life or yourself or neighbors or friends or co-workers, will go out the way for a concert and spend a couple hundred bucks for an outfit to go to a concert. And guess what? You have so many people in there who's going to pay attention to your clothes when they're basically focused on the concert or who's singing, who's acting. And you spend all that money just to go to that concert. But your heart and mind is filthy. And that's what God looks at right there. 
So the only way in order to clean ourselves up, to really to get close to God and start living the right way, living holy, we got to first do this before you take the step toward living holy. First, we have to repent. And we have to be baptized the correct way. Saying the sinner's prayer does not does not change anything because there's no sinner prayer in the Bible. Not raising your hand up is not going to do it. See, we're 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 told that uh, we become members by the, the pastor saying uh, the doors are open to the church and this is how you get in. Well, all you did was just join the building, an organization. You didn't join the body of Christ. Once again, you did not join the body of Christ and become a member. You just became a member of that association, that organization, that building. And guess what happens once you become a member? And I'm quite sure many of you can, can uh, uh, agree with what I'm finna say. How many of you are members of the church? And they're quick to say, all members give $300. Or $400 or $500 and the kids $100 or $200 and you say to yourself wow that's a lot of money but guess what happened you're a member so now you are held accountable because you're a member it doesn't tell you that anywhere in the scriptures how you get into the body of Christ is through baptism and receiving the Holy Spirit and it says this right here in Acts 2.38 Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, I want you to think about this. This is free. Telling you to receive the gift. But man is not telling you that. Because he wants you in captivity. He doesn't want your mind to be free and open. So you can see exactly what God is trying to tell you. So that you not fear of anyone, but fear of God. That's Acts 2.38. And then from that point on, you cannot look back because now you become a new creature. But you have to be sincere in your heart when you make that step. That you're ready for change and you're tired of living the way that you're living. And all of us have lived and found ourselves in a place that we should not be because we didn't listen to God. We listened to man. We we're so willing to please man, but not please the creator, but we will please the creature. Think about this. We give a lot of money, but you're not being fed the way you should be fed. Most of us are just buying our way into hell. 
is what we're doing. Because most of the people that are preaching to you really don't believe in God and they were never sent by God. This is why you have more false prophets teaching than you have true prophets that are teaching from God. You ever notice the ones that really preach and teach holiness, preach against the sin, the ones that don't have a problem with them. Why? Because they don't want your eyes to be open to reality of what they're really teaching you. How to go to hell is what they're doing because they know they're not going to enter in themselves. Think about all these things I just talked about. There's so much more involved, but we have to read and search the scriptures. You don't have to read the whole Bible in one year as they try to put it. You're just reading, but there's no understanding. There's no revelation whatsoever. You need the Holy Spirit. We all need the Holy Spirit. We need God. We need the Christ in order to interpret that stuff. There's a lot in the word of God. It's all wisdom. Knowledge is the key. And people try to hold knowledge back from you. But there's nothing can separate God's love from us. We separate because of the things that we do, the things that we seek out in this world to be like someone else, to want to have the prestige, the money, the cars, all these things we want to show. We follow rappers. We follow all these people that are teaching us about sex. Think about this. Huge percent of the songs that you listen to is only pushing two things is pushing or three things. I'm going to say money, adultery, and fornication. Because they know exactly what turns us on. Remember, it's Acts 2.38 where it begins. I want to thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, leave your comments, and share with everybody you know on social media. And I want you to look out for my next episode. And I will be uh, do a short uh, podcast on that. Let you know the date when it's going to come out. And it's going to be about this. And I'm going to go deep as I can to have listeners to understand exactly. And it's going to be crimes committed from the pulpit. And that's a difference between crimes that God look at and the crimes that man look at. Huge difference. So I'm going to bring that up to bring that episode pretty soon here. I, I will do a short uh, podcast and give you the date on this tomorrow. I just want to thank you. It's been my time. God loves you. And there's nothing that you wouldn't ask and sincere in your heart that he would not give you. But the most important thing is he doesn't want to see any of us lost. Any of us lost. I'll leave that with you. God loves you. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share. God loves you. Amen.